If you're a conservative, you are probably pretty used to people on the left calling you a variety of derogatory terms, maybe like racist, homophobe, bigot, uh, Trumper, ultra MAGA. Well, today I want to talk about the left's newest derogatory term for people on the right, for conservatives, and that is Christian nationalist. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington. We are working hard to advance the conservative movement here in a very deep blue state by electing conservative candidates and educating citizens about what's going on in our government and how they can take action. We get very involved in our state legislative session and the lawmaking process and are working really hard to get people engaged and awakened. You can learn more about what we are doing by visiting our website at conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. And the best way that you can support the work that we're doing is to become a member. That helps you support what we're doing and it helps get you involved. So check it out and consider supporting us by becoming a member. And I'm really excited to announce that in a couple months, we will be launching our national platform, Conservative Ladies of America. So stay tuned for more information on our launch. Well, today I want to talk about the newest term the left is using to attack conservatives and people on the right, and that is Christian nationalist. They call this Christian nationalist, an extremist, a right-wing extremist. And it's the latest buzzword that liberals and people on the left are using. And one of the people that they target the most is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, they call her, you know, a Christian nationalist and, and she is, you know, just to be feared. But there's a reason that the left is calling us Christian nationalists and making people think that a Christian nationalist is some sort of uh, right-wing extremist domestic terrorist kind of person. And the reason for that is because we are the biggest threat to their agenda. A Bible-believing Christian who knows what's going on in their country is a huge threat to the agenda of the radical left. I'm going to read you a little bit from an article. Uh, Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene says it's a rebranding that Republicans should embrace. The media have rushed to equate it with racism and violence, and gleeful Democrats can't wait to use it as a club to bash Republican candidates with in the fall. It's the term Christian nationalism, the buzziest political label of the moment, and it's being used to describe the rise of conservative and unabashedly religious mega-style candidates and the supporters who are sweeping them to victory in state and local races across the country. The movement is, quote, potentially violent and, quote, insidious, said CNN producer John Blake, a threat to our democracy. Now, in this quote from CNN producer John Blake, you've got a few of the different buzzwords from the left that they like to throw around. Threat to our democracy. That's huge. They use that all the time. Potentially violent and insidious. So if you think about your friends at church 
You know, they don't want to be considered extremists. They just want to do what the Bible tells them to do. They just want to live in truth. They want to do the right thing. They want to, you know, they want good to prevail over evil. And so I worry that people might shrink away from this because of things that the left is putting out in the media. But we need to, as Bible-believing Christians, stand up and say there's nothing wrong. If being a Christian nationalist is being a Bible-believing Christian who is aware and active in what's going on in our politics and government, then sign me up for that. The thing that we always have to be careful of is not giving them any reason to call us violent. We need to watch our words and we need to watch our actions. Now, if you think about back to when the COVID lockdowns first happened in 2020, the majority of churches around the country closed their doors per the government's order. And many of those churches never did reopen their doors. They found that, gosh, this remote church thing is actually working pretty well. But you also had a small percentage of pastors who said, you know what, we did this for a couple months. We we tried this, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve and it didn't work. And we see what you're doing and we realize this agenda. And so we are going to practice our constitutional rights. You cannot prevent us from opening our doors and gathering to practice our faith in person. And they did just that. And their congregants came to church and they didn't wear masks. And many of those also did not get vaccines. And so it's easy to see why our government sees us as a threat. We look to the Bible for direction instead of our government. We know that the word of God is the highest authority in all of the land. And so we will look to the word of God and check that against the word of our government. Our government knows this about Bible-believing Christians, and they see that we are, there's a large percentage of people who are standing up against the agenda that's going on right now, and this whole Great Reset and Davos and in the World Economic Forum, it is primarily people who believe in God that are standing up and speaking out, and the government is not stupid. They know that, and they see us as the biggest threat. But here's the thing. They also know that we aren't afraid of them. Right in Psalm 23, 4, it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And if you have Christians who are so rooted and grounded in their faith that they meditate on this word and it just consumes them and they aren't afraid, they know that they can stand up against a corrupt government and they will be protected by God. You know, I think about in the Bible, it says in so many places that we will be persecuted for our faith. And we know that Christians around the globe are persecuted and killed every day. And we're so blessed here in America to be able to live out our faith publicly, to be able to go to church and worship and pray and do all these things. And it is our, our right as an American to do these things. In so many other countries, they don't have this right and they are persecuted for it. And many Christians around the world are killed because they believe in Jesus and they will profess their faith and they won't denounce it. And so they get killed. 
And I think we're so comfortable here in America with all of our freedoms. And I don't know how many Christians would say, you know what, I'm willing to take a stand. I am going to stand on God's word and I am not going to be afraid of this corrupt, evil government. And if that means I'm persecuted, if that means persecuted to death, I'm okay with that because I know where I'm going and I know who is in control of all of this. And I know if it's my time to go and I'm doing what God has appointed me to do, then I am in right standing with God. And people like that are feared by our government because our government knows that we won't back down, that we will stand rooted in our faith and our love of our country and our fellow citizens. And that we will fight back. We will fight this battle of good versus evil. And we will stand firm. We will armor up, put on the armor of God every day and go out and do battle in this world. And when I say battle, I feel like I need to say this. When I say battle, I'm not talking about violence. Because one of the things that the left does is they like to use our words against us. When we say, you know, oh, it's a fight. They, they take that as being violent, and that's not how it is. And it's unfortunate that we have to say these things, especially when you've got the left, who is actually very violent. I mean, we had groups of protesters trying to kill Brett Kavanaugh, a Supreme Court justice, and the FBI raids Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence, and nothing happens with this whole case with uh, the protesters and Justice Kavanaugh. But I digress. I've been really feeling over the last few days really discouraged and really down. I look at what's going on in our country and every day it's like there's something new that happens that is just further down the wrong road. And I don't see that we have enough people fighting back. I don't know if there's an opportunity to turn it around. I mean, there's always an opportunity. I just don't know if we have enough people who are willing to do it. And I get tired of seeing people say, when we get, when the Republicans get control, we need to impeach so-and-so because it never happens. We said that in 2016 before Trump was elected. We need to do this. We need to do that and hold these people accountable. And it never happens. And I feel like we are in this place where I don't know if we will be able to turn it around and save this country. But our ultimate job is to save souls for Jesus Christ. And if that labels me a Christian nationalist who will not give up my faith, who will not stand on the word of God, who will not say that I love my country, I'm not going to do that. And I want to empower other conservatives who are listening to my voice. The time for being quiet, the time for shrinking back, is long gone. God is calling us to action. And that means if someone calls you a Christian nationalist because you are standing on the word of God and you are understanding what's going on in your country and you're trying to educate other people, embrace it. So be it. Yes, I am a Christian nationalist. If that's what it means, yes, I love my God and I love my country and I am going to fight for it until the end. America is a gift that God gave us and we can't shy away from it because we're worried about what people will think of us. 
We can't shy away from it because we're too comfortable where we are. God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to do the hard thing. Being a Christian isn't easy and it doesn't mean that life gets easier. He tells us in his word, you will have suffering because you are a Christian and because you believe in me. And we're going to see that in our country. And I believe that if we don't start thickening our skin as Christians, we're going to lose people because they aren't ready for this battle. And so I want to encourage you, if you're hearing about this Christian nationalism and you see them calling someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene a Christian nationalist, embrace it. We should be proud to be considered Christian nationalists. You know, it wasn't until just recently that if you had an American flag on your front porch or on your car that you were considered a right-wing extremist. Well, now the American flag has become a symbol for right-wing extremists. And that's stupid. We can't let the left continue to dominate every symbol in our society. There was a time when we were proud to carry our flags. And I still am. I've always been proud to carry my flag. And I feel like that was a gift that Donald Trump gave to America. And so I want to encourage you to be proud of your country. Be proud of your faith. Speak your faith. And yeah, it's going to make the left mad. When you speak the word of God, when you go forth in courage and in bold faith, you're going to make the devil real angry and you're going to have people come against you. Be ready. Be bold. Be brave. This is an exciting time to live. It's not an easy time to live, but it's certainly exciting that God knew we were going to be here in this day for this battle. I feel like it's an honor. So if someone calls you a Christian nationalist, embrace that. Say, yes, I love Jesus and I love America and I will fight for what is right and what is true. That is what God tells us to do. And so to the left that wants us to feel afraid by this new label of a Christian nationalist, I say, bring it. I'm fine with that. And I hope that you will be too. Well, it's a short episode today. If you've got a topic idea you'd like me to address on an upcoming episode, I'd love to hear from you. All of my contact info is in the notes and please do subscribe and rate the podcast. That's super helpful for growing our audience. And I look forward to chatting with you next time.